everyone. Welcome back to Bad on Paper podcast. I'm Becca Freeman. And I'm Grace Atwood. And today it's book club. Yes, we're talking about American Royals by Catherine McGee. Grace, I think this might be our most popular book to date. I think it might have been because I've seen so many people just tagging us in stories and resharing and posting about this book. It's such a fun book. Yeah, I was going to say rightfully so. It's like it's the perfect brain candy read where it's not so bad that you are like, what trash have I just read? Yeah. But it's like it's fun. It's a one day read. It's such a fun book. Before we get into it, though, tell me your high. So I've had a good week. I um, I spoke at BlogHer last Thursday, which we're recording, so that was today. And it was really fun. I got to meet a lot of people. A lot of people listen to the podcast, so that was cool. And then um, it's kind of my birthday week. So my birthday is in two days. If you want to give me a present, I would love a podcast review or for you to buy a live show ticket. Um, but... I've been kicking off my birthday celebrations. Um, Two of my best friends and I went to Polo Bar for dinner last Wednesday, so a week ago. And then my birthday is Friday, so I did a project with the Carlisle Hotel um, like almost a year ago. And rather than being paid, I was given a one-night stay. And I've been saving the stay for like a year because I didn't have any reason to do it. I was like, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to do it on my birthday. So on Friday, I'm staying at the Carlisle and we're having dinner. What is your stance on birthdays? Are you a birthday week person, a birthday month Becca, how long have we been friends? I love – so I like a birthday week. I'm asking for – context yes for the people I like a birthday week so I guess I will be celebrating my birthday a full nine days because Wednesday through Saturday maybe I don't I'm not good at math today a bunch of days a birthday fortnight yeah because I had dinner last Wednesday and then I'm having dinner with you and Alex on Friday and then I'm having a party on Saturday at my house a fortnight's two weeks right yeah I think I get a birthday I think I get 11 days because I'm turning 38. Ooh, 38. I don't want to say it sounds old because I don't want to offend anyone, but it sounds old, much older than 37. There there are those weird breaks where I had a really big reaction to turning 29, but I didn't have one to turning 30. It's weird. There, there's just Some numbers years. affect you. Yeah, 38 sounds very old to me. Um, but I feel that 3 plus 8 equals 11, so I should have 11 days to celebrate. Oh, that's how you do it. Uh-huh. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Okay. So 39, I'll get 12 days. Then 40, I'll only get four days. Oh, okay. Or 40 days. No, you don't get 40 days. Could you imagine in your 40, like your liver would die? Yeah, that's not okay. Yeah. Yeah, what about you? I am having what I'm calling a unicorn week. I'm jealous of your unicorn week because I'm having a stressful week. Well, so you know how you always say to yourself, you being me, that like at some point things will calm down and I'll get to catch up on things and I'll I'll do all these things on my to-do list. That's this week. Oh, that's so nice. Everything has just lined up. I'm I'm feeling great. I there's kind of two factors. So the first thing is that this is the first week and I can't tell you how long that I've been here all week and I don't have a friend visiting. I have 5 days to work. I have a full work week. So I'm like massively productive. I wrapped up uh, one of my clients last week and I'm wrapping up another this week. So I'm like in transition, but I have another one signed so I'm not stressed. So I am just being so productive. I have worked out twice already this week. 
I went first thing I did on Monday morning, I went grocery shopping. I've been cooking. Like I feel like a productivity goddess this week. I'm so jealous. I want that week. It's great. And I don't feel I've been shutting off my computer at 5 p.m. This morning, I went and took SoulCycle at 930 in the morning. I am truly living my best life this week. That's fantastic. I'm not saying this because my life is fantastic. I'm saying this because I'm having a really good week. And I'm sure next week I'll be stressed again. But like this never happens. I feel like you just say one of these days things will calm down into eternity. Yeah, that's me. I'm like, people are like, when can we hang out? I'm like, I don't know. One of these days things will calm down and I can make plans. Um, That's great. Good for you. Yeah. I see that we have the same low. Well, you said getting back into exercising is hard. Mine is just that I have no time to exercise. Oh. So I have not been to yoga. I've been doing my couch potato to 5K running app because I can I can run on my own terms if I have like a, an hour in between meetings and events and all the other things we have had going on. I can find an hour. So that's been good. I just really miss yoga and I miss like being on my like nice routine where I would go like four days a week. Mine is in the same vein, but it's different. So I've actually finally found the time to work out. And I am, I'm being pretty negative with myself. So a lot of this is mental, but it is so frustrating to get back into working out where it's not even that I'm comparing myself to other people. It's that I'm comparing myself to myself. And I'm like, why am I so bad at this? And it's like, well, you haven't worked out regularly since April. And it's just so frustrating because it feels like I should be able to do a better job. Like, So I went to Pilates. I love New York Pilates. There's not one in Brooklyn, but I was in the city on Tuesday or Monday. I don't know, one day. And I went to a class there and I was like a struggle fest through the whole class. And so not only was I like looking around and... I know you shouldn't compare, but I was. And I was like, wow, I'm the worst person at this in this class. But I was like, but I didn't used to be. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like a frustrating mental game where it's like, I know I'll keep going. I'll get good at it. I used to be good at it. It's not that I've like had an injury or anything has fundamentally changed. It's just like you're out of practice. But woof, it is demoralizing. It's so hard. It's hard to get started. Yeah, I had that feeling when I was at my yoga retreat this summer because I had gone to the same yoga retreat the year before and I had gotten like really quite good the year before. And then this year I was not in the shape that I was the previous year. And I was comparing myself to how I felt the the year before and I was just getting so sad. Yeah, well, I'm committed. I even in my head, we'll see if this happens when we go on tour, I want to work out in all these cities too. I think that's a great goal. I think it might be ambitious due to some scheduling things, but we'll yeah. see. I'm going to pack my workout stuff. Me too. Me too. Speaking of shows, we are getting ready to hit the road. On October 2nd is our first show of our fall tour in San Francisco. Wait, can we share the full guest lineup? Yeah, I am so pumped. We just locked someone so major down today. We're so excited. So in addition to Jasmine Guillory and our friend Jackie and Victoria McGinley, we're also going to have Elizabeth Holmes from So Many Thoughts joining us. So to be clear, not Theranos Elizabeth Holmes. Poor Elizabeth. Ex-Wall Street Journal reporter Elizabeth Holmes, who's an expert on the royals and... 
is writing a book about the royals. She has this series called So Many Thoughts on Instagram where she talks about the way that the royals dress and royal etiquette and things like that. I'm pumped. I'm so excited. I love her. I'm so pumped. So if you haven't gotten a ticket, please come. Tickets are available at badonpaperpodcast.com backslash live. And we also have Philly in D.C. coming up pretty quick. So we're, we're doing D.C. October 16th and Philly October 17th. And especially for the Philly people, you guys begged for us to do a show. And I feel like there are not as many tickets sold as there were people telling us that we needed to come. Everyone was like, Philly, Philly, Philly. And that's our slowest selling show so far. But I'm so excited about Philly. We have Joe Piazza, who wrote Charlotte Walsh Likes to Win. Mm -hmm. Hitha Palapu, who was a guest on the show, is going to come down to Philly to do the show with us. Olivia Munter, who's one of my favorite people on Instagram to follow, is coming. It's a great lineup. We have one more person that we're trying to get, and she's wonderful, too. I'm so excited. I want all of you Philly folks to come out. I heard a rumor that in Philly, everyone buys tickets to everything really last minute. Why do you do that? It gives us a lot of anxiety. So get a ticket. Bring friends. Do you know what? I had lunch with somebody today who, um, with Megan Donovan, and she was like, you know, I was a latecomer to the podcast because she just wasn't listening. And then she came to the live show because she's your friend and now my friend. And she was like, it like hooked me. So not to be braggy, but I just think if you bring a friend who would be into the podcast to the show, like it's not insidery like they'll still enjoy it they'll enjoy it I've been to live shows where it's so insidery and you have no idea what's going on if you haven't been before and this is not like that like you just need to like girly stuff like books and wine and drinking and friendship friendship career advice yeah it's always all over the place I like to say it's a mix of hilarious and heartwarming oh that's a cute way to put it yeah a lot of pressure on the hilarious part. I know. I'm like, well, are we hilarious? Sometimes. Accidentally. <laughs> but before we get into this book, I need to talk about a sponsor. Yes, we do. So today's episode is sponsored by Care Of. Care Of is a wellness brand that makes it easy to get the right vitamins, supplements, and protein powders for your specific needs. So whether you're looking for glowing skin, more energy, better sleep, or just something that's going to support your health and fitness routine, Care Of helps you build and stick with a plan that's right for you. Well, that's convenient because I'm looking for all of those things. Yeah, this sounds like a, like a miracle service. Mm-hmm. So I am having a very back-to-school feeling. I'm, after all my summer travel, I'm just trying to get back into a good routine with food and workouts, and I figured that I should probably, it couldn't hurt to take vitamins, get back on that train too. So I love Care Of because it's so easy to figure out what you should take. So you go onto their website and you take a five-minute quiz about your lifestyle and your goals, and then they spit out a personalized recommendation of what vitamins and supplements you need. So I love that it takes all the guesswork out and it's totally personalized to me. I've been taking these vitamins for 10 months since they first became a sponsor. So when they first became a sponsor, they gave us a month to try, and I loved it so much. I just love that I feel so 
like take to use their words taken care of because they literally tell you everything you need like i i feel like with supplements i'm like guessing i'm like hmm do i need that probiotic like you're like everyone else is taking it yeah maybe i need vitamin d maybe i need vitamin c like what do i need so it's so it just makes it so much easier um and i just like it that they send it to you right to your door so you can't forget and i love the convenient daily packs we're going on tour so rather than like having one of those fancy pill pack cases or worse lugging like all of those bottles with me i just grab two or three packets and i'm set i also love that i can trust the quality of these vitamins which is definitely not the case with all brands if you want to fall into a scary google hole just look up vitamin brand quality yeah it's it's easy to see where they source their ingredients from and i know that care of prides themselves on using the highest quality ingredients so that makes me feel really good about taking vitamins from them. So if you want to try Care Of, you can get 25% off your first Care Of order. Go to TakeCareOf.com and enter code BOP at checkout. So again, that's 25% off your first order. Go to TakeCareOf.com and enter code BOP. So this book, Grace. Oh, this book. I love this book. We're going to do the plot summary so that everyone is caught up and knows what we're talking about. Yes. If you haven't read the book and you plan to, there are definitely spoilers. So either fast forward ahead or lean into the spoilers. Mm -hmm. Okay. So this month we read American Royals by Catherine McGee. And this is actually the first time that we've had a repeat author. Yes. We read The Thousandth Floor, I don't know, like a year ago. And that was her first series. So she wrote three books in The Thousandth Floor series. And then this is her second series that just came out. So basically American Royals looks at an alternate reality where George Washington was the first king of America instead of the first president. So now, in present day, America has a monarchy, and it's ruled by his descendant, King George IV. And this younger, hipper, newer King George, his daughter, Princess Beatrice, is being groomed to take the throne as the first female monarch. So Beatrice is 21 years old and she is very single. I can relate. I can relate. I know that's jinx. Her parents suggest fixing her up with men from suitable families, trying to find her the right husband, who will ultimately become America's first king consort. So... Meanwhile, Beatrice has two siblings. They are the unruly twins, Samantha and Jeff, and they have just returned from a a post-high school graduation tour of the world. Doesn't that sound nice? Yeah, that sounds really nice. So then there's Nina. So Nina grew up with the twins. Her mother was the king's chamberlain, something that I've read this whole book twice, and I am still not sure what that means. Yeah, I have no idea. Um, So she grew up in the palace and she's Sam's best friend, but she has also been trying to distance herself while she's gone away to college because she hooked up with Jeff at the twins graduation party. Yes. So there is a ball where Beatrice is to meet her potential suitors. And at this ball, Sam runs into Teddy Eaton, whose father is the Duke of Boston. I kind of love that, the Boston tie-in. But they hit it off and then they end up making out in the coat closet. But, plot twist, it turns out that Teddy is supposed to be one of Beatrice's suitors. So when they meet, him and Beatrice also hit it off, but in more of like a friendly, kind of businessy sort of way versus like romantic sparks. Yeah. So that night after the ball in B's room, there's an explosion. And 
In the aftermath, she's really dazed, and Beatrice kisses her security guard, Connor. And she has developed serious feelings for him over the past year that he's been assigned to her. So she knows that she shouldn't, but in the heat of the moment, she just goes for it and does it anyway. So... Beatrice and Teddy begin a very formal courtship while Sam is watching on the sidelines, which made me so sad. So B starts a covert affair with Connor. Meanwhile, Sam is fuming because she thinks that her sister is dating Teddy. Um, but then there's a moment alone where Teddy confesses to Sam that he's actually only doing dating Beatrice because he wants to save his family who's lost their fortune. So all of a sudden, things get much more serious when the king tells Beatrice that he's been diagnosed with cancer and is dying and he only has months to live. So he pushes her to propose to Teddy, even though it's only been a month of them being together, because there are so many people in America who are not ready for their first female monarch. So while all of this is going on, Jeff and Nina have also started dating secretly. But Jeff's social climbing ex-girlfriend, Daphne, is trying her hardest to win him back. So Daphne is like your true villain. Um, they're even keeping their relationship a secret from Sam. But of course, they get caught by the press. And suddenly their relationship is splashed all over the news. Daphne might have had something to do with that. And that drives a huge wedge between Sam and Nina. So at another ball... So many balls. So many balls. To so many balls. <laughs> oh my God, that sounded sexual. So, at another ball to celebrate Beatrice and Teddy's engagement, Connor shows up somewhat weirdly and he's uninvited, but he comes to bring a present for Beatrice. But she runs into him, and after like a hot makeout session, she just like decides that she needs to break off her engagement. She can't marry Teddy, and she's doing it regardless of the consequences. Then, at that same party, Jeff's ex corners Nina in the bathroom and makes her question her and Jeff's future. So Nina is super rattled and she goes and picks a fight with Jeff and they break up. <sighs> so later that night, Beatrice tells her father she won't marry Teddy, tells him that she's in love with Connor, but her father withholds his consent so she can't be with Connor. Just as their argument is reaching its peak, the king goes into a coughing fit and he collapses. So after a day at the hospital, um, the whole royal family is sitting and waiting to see what will happen. The king dies. So at the end of the book, we're left with Beatrice unwantingly becoming the queen. Oh my God, so dramatic. And Katie, I know Katie, Catherine, Katie is listening and we're so resentful, Katie. We can't wait a whole year for a sequel. I, this book was like a roller coaster of feelings. Mm -hmm. I loved it. It was so heartwarming. I, I definitely cried at one point. And at the end, well, first of all, the ending gave me chills, but then I was so angry. I was like, how dare you leave it there? Yeah. Ugh. Ugh. Wait, so let's talk about Beatrice. I felt so badly for her. Did you like her? Um, I, I liked her. I, I liked that she... No, I don't know. Okay, so I liked that she was going to be the first female monarch. Like, that's a badass thing yeah, to do. Yeah, of course. I felt, I also felt really bad for her. She had such a bad case of perfectionism, and she had so many obligations weighing on her shoulders, which comes with the territory, but she just felt like she had no 
autonomy. She couldn't make any of her own decisions. Like she needed to marry the right person. Even if she didn't love him, she needed to make decisions that were not in her own best interest. Like she, I I think at one point, she keeps saying that there's Beatrice the girl and Beatrice the future queen. Mm -hmm. And like when those two come into conflict, she needs to decide for Beatrice the future queen. Yes. And so that just made me really sad. But I... I love where she was going towards the end of the book where she was like coming into her own. Mm-hmm. So I ended I ended net positive on Beatrice because it felt like she was like she stood up for herself to the king. She was like, "No." She was like, "Consequences be damned. I'm marrying for love. Like, I don't care what you think." And then I mean, and then her dad killed over. So, I mean, don't she, know where that's going, but I liked that chutzpah. Yeah, I liked it too, but I don't know. I like I feel like we've talked about this before. Like I've been like, would you want to be a royal? And you always say, yes, you'd want to be a princess. I would want nothing to do with this life. Having your whole future planned out for you. Like I know you get like all these beautiful dresses and you get to live in a palace and like there's lots of cool things. But I don't think I could handle having my whole life just laid in front of me and like these are what you will do. This is who you will marry. You will produce 2.5 children and there must be an heir. So here's where I would like to be a royal. I would like to be the Samantha. Yeah. I want to be the spare. I want to be the prince. You want to be Prince Harry. Yeah, I want to be Prince Harry. I want to be the person who gets the perks but can be the fuck up and there's not a lot of, like, obligation sitting on your shoulders. Do you remember what a wild child Prince Harry was? Yeah, he was crazy. Like, didn't he get caught in Vegas with a lot of hookers at one point? Yeah, and I have heard rumors that he did, like, a ton of drugs and stuff. Yeah. He was crazy. Not that I want to do drugs, but I want to, like, I think that sounds fun. Yeah, I think I'd like to be, like, the drunk cousin. I don't want to be in the immediate Mm. royal family. I want to be, like, important enough to the royal family that I get invited to all of the fun parties and the events and things and the royal weddings. But, like, the media is not following me. Hmm. I don't want to be followed by the media. I don't want to be, like, super recognizable so that people stop you all over the streets. I just want to be, like, connected enough. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. Something carryover from my childhood, like, was taught that being a princess sounds great. And, like, I don't know. Being Beatrice doesn't sound great. Being Beatrice sounds awful. Yeah. But being Princess Samantha, where she's, like, yeah, I'm going to take this, like, huge diamond choker and, like, wear it as a bracelet and, like... Like, that sounds fun. She was, like, an iconoclast. I think I'd rather be Nina than Samantha. Although Nina, like, Mary is going to probably marry Jeff, so. Also, Nina. Then she's Meghan Markle. Nina didn't have that much of a personality. I just liked her. But then also, she was, like. Nina was annoying as a character. Yeah, but then Nina was, like, in the shadow of the twins the whole time, where, like, she didn't get anything she wanted either. Like, I strongly think that Samantha was the best person. Or Jeff was the best person to be in this book. Absolutely. I would totally agree with you there. Yeah. What about, so on Beatrice, the, there's this whole, I don't know, theme, I guess, of like marrying for love versus obligation. And so she basically gets set up into an arranged marriage. And she's kind of fine with it. And the king and queen had an arranged marriage and they ended up falling in love. I don't know. I thought it was interesting because have you read that? I think there's like a stat where it's like arranged marriages are happier than love marriages. 
Yeah. And you know what I think I kind of liken it to? This is a totally different analogy. But when you become roommates with someone who's kind of a stranger that you like kind of know, you usually become friends. Mm -hmm. When you live with one of your friends, you often end up breaking up. Totally true. Yeah. Totally true. Like, I think think it's kind of a connection. It's it's a similar situation. Yeah. But I think, like, if Connor hadn't been in the equation, like, Teddy and Beatrice would have had, like, a wonderful, lovely, respectful marriage. Mm -hmm. Might be a little boring. Yeah. But they'd be fine. Yeah. Yeah. What about Sam? So I've decided that she's the royal to be. But what, how did you feel about her in the book? I liked her. I thought that she was great. I just, I did feel like she was whiny but these are again they're like teens yeah i i mean i don't have sisters but like i kind of wanted to be like sam get over it like her whole thing was that she was so jealous of beatrice yeah because beatrice was the what do you call it like the queen to be she was the heir yeah she was the heir yeah she was the heir so she was so jealous of beatrice because she was the heir and it's like samantha get over it like 99.9999999 percent of people are not the heir to the throne like beatrice is the extraordinary outlier like you're you're it's not like everyone got a chocolate bar except for you samantha it's like no it's like you're the same as everyone else like get over it see i felt like katie was kind of setting it up so that in the second book Beatrice is going to step down to be with Connor and Samantha is going to become queen. I totally think that. I agree. But I th- I just like her attitude was a little snivelly where she just like couldn't get over that she wasn't the heir. Yeah, that's like sibling rivalry, though. I mean, I was, I was the you oldest. You would be the heir. I would have been the heir. And that would have been great. Princess Grace. No, I don't, don't even want to be a princess. The queen of the red pheasant restaurant. <laughs> that's my parents' old restaurant for, for those who don't Just know what the install, rest of Just install a throne right when you walk in. <laughs> Perfect. I don't know. Although the one thing that I will say, so if you've listened to this podcast for a while, you know that our favorite genre is unsupervised teens. Oh, yeah. And these teens were deeply unsupervised. I loved it. Thinking about how little involvement their parents had, and there didn't, maybe it was because they'd graduated from high school, but like there wasn't like a tutor lurking around or like anyone keeping them in line. I feel like, like they would have had handlers, like a lot of handlers. They only had bodyguards, like there were no handlers. And I was kind of like, well, you know, I mean, I'm surprised they're not more screwed up. When you have that level of fame and power when you're that young, like, like Britney Spears, that messes with you. Oh, yeah. Where it was like, Imagine that just like nobody ever said no to you. You're like 12 and you're like, I want a pony. And somebody's like, here's a pony. Like <laughs> you would just have such warped perceptions of how the world works and oh, such entitlement. Absolutely. So I mean, if I guess if I think about it that way, while Princess Samantha was a little um, whiny about not being the heir, like she could have been way more screwed up, mm-hmm. which could have been fun. Like the really off the rails royal. I would love that. I'd read that book. Yeah. Katie, if you're still writing this, like, make write in, like, a off-the-rails cousin, at least. Yeah. Yeah. Because I feel like S- Samantha's headed for the throne, so she can't go off the rails. Maybe Beatrice can. Oh, I would love that. Where Beatrice just goes wild. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm into that. I don't think that's going to happen. What about Teddy? So Teddy is the triangle point between Beatrice and Samantha. So Beatrice is betrothed to him Mm -hmm. and sam and him have this like hot sitch like who were you siding with 
I was signing for him to be with Sam. Well, of course. But, like, what did you think about him? He seemed all right. Like, he seemed perfectly boring. I was more into Connor. I like Connor. Totally. There was something about Teddy that I didn't like. Teddy seemed like a basic, like, kind of basic. Oh, it wasn't that. It was, like... It, well, so when I was writing down my notes for this, I was like, well, he was doing, he was dating Beatrice out of obligation to save his family. And she was doing the same thing. But for some reason, I'm like, ugh, why is he doing that? Like, I, I felt less sympathetic towards him. Interesting. So maybe that's just like relating to the female more than the male. But I, I was he, like, he Teddy, the- grow a pair and like, go be with Samantha. Yeah. Cause Beatrice th- doesn't like you anyway. And you know that. <laughs> and I mean... If he married Samantha, in theory, could, wouldn't Samantha be able to help his family, too? That I was so unclear that on. So confused he me. confesses in this moment to Samantha. They're in Telluride in the hot tub. And he is like, I am only doing this because my family has lost their fortune. And this is the only way to save them. And I was like, but how are they being saved? Like, mm-hmm. are the Washingtons going to pay for, like, give them money? Was, or would there be, like, an influx of industry because Boston was, like, his ter- – the territory of, like, the king? I was super confused by that. Yeah. So there was also, like, a logical thing where I was like, Teddy, I'm really unclear on your motivations here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I liked him. I liked him. Jeff and Nina I didn't care about. Oh, I did. I liked when they went to – what was that, like, supermarket where you can, like, order all – Wawa. The- Wawa. I liked when they went to Wawa and they were, like, regular kids. I didn't care about them. I thought they were cute. I'm, I'm wondering – I have theories on where the next book goes, but, like, they I, they could just go into the background for me. Oh, no. I, I want more from them. Oh, interesting. Well, okay. So, rank the couples in the book. Like, from who did you care about most to least? Like, between Beatrice and Connor, Sam and Teddy, Nina and Jeff. Like, where are you? I want Beatrice and Connor to be together. That's number one for me. So, that's your favorite couple? Yes. Okay. And then I'd say Sam and Teddy and then Nina and Jeff. Okay. Yeah. Like, same. Yeah. You seemed more into Nina and Jeff. I I, I thought they were going to be higher on your list. But I I am into them. But if I have to pick, I want Sam and Teddy to be together. I don't think this is an either or. Just, like, which couple do you care about the most? Anyway, arbitrary question. I think it's still that. I think I care more about Sam and Teddy. Me too. Because Sam's my favorite character, I think. Oh. Yeah. Where where do you stand on the guys? If you're, like, if you're doing Fuck, Marry, Kill with, like, Connor, Teddy... Jeff. I'm going to marry Jeff. He's the prince. Oh, interesting. I'm going to fuck... Wait, no. I'm going to marry... Wait, I have to kill one. Shit. Yeah. Who am I going to... I have to start with who I'm going to kill. Okay, I'm going to kill Teddy. I'm going to fuck Connor. I'm going to marry Jeff. Oh, we have we have different points of view here. I think I'm going to kill Jeff. Why? I don't know. Just arbitrary? He just... I don't know. But he's the prince, and you want to be a princess. I mean, yeah, this goes against what I said before. I know, and it goes against for me because I don't want to be a princess. Yeah, so I would marry Teddy. He seemed, like, stable and, like, he would be a good long-term partner. Okay. I would fuck Connor. Okay. seemed like they had a lot of passion. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. He has, like, tattoos. Yeah. I'm... He's, like, the sexiest character, He's the sexiest character, yeah. And then I think I'm killing Jeff. Interesting. I think, I mean, I think we're kind of aligned in that we both agree about Connor. Jeff was kind of like a stupid dog where if you were like, come here, he he would. Oh, I felt like Jeff seemed fun. I think he didn't really have a lot of his own opinions 
It didn't okay. seem like. I thought Teddy was kind of boring. Hmm. Well. I don't know. I guess we can just both agree that we want to fuck Connor. Good thing these people are fictional. Yeah. It seems yeah, pretty low stakes. Fight. Yeah. Let's take another quick ad break, and then I yes. have a lot more to say about my predictions and thoughts. We are really excited to announce a new sponsor, Equilibria. So Equilibria is a medical-grade CBD company created by women for women, though it's totally fine to share it with your guy. So they own their own organic farm in Colorado with quality and transparency in everything they do. I absolutely love this brand. So my favorite thing about them is they're really dedicated to helping every single member or customer with personalized dosing to help you find the right routine. So when I first started working with them, I got paired with a dosing expert and I explained my two biggest problems. My biggest problems are sleep, both falling asleep and staying asleep, and period cramps. So on the first day of my cycle, I get like massively bad period cramps. The dosage expert gave me a little program. Um, Right before bed, I take the daily drops. That helps me fall asleep. And then I take a soft gel, which actually helps me to stay asleep. And then there's a relief cream, which is absolutely amazing. So I've been using the products about a month now. My sleep is getting better. But what I noticed the biggest difference in taking CBD every day is that my cramps are so much better. So they were barely noticeable last time. So I didn't even have to use the relief cream. I thought that I was going to be using the relief cream for my cramps. I did, however, need the relief cream earlier this week. I went running and I like hurt something in my side and I was like laying down on my bed in so much pain and I decided I would give the relief cream a try and it was amazing. I was shocked how well it worked. Like I've tried Icy Hot and all of those different types of pain relief creams and this is far and away the best, the best cream I've ever tried. It got rid of the pain like almost immediately. I've, I've honestly never experienced anything quite like it. So we have an offer for you. If you go to equilibriawoman.com and enter code BOP at checkout, they will give you 15% off your first order. The beginner box is not included in this promotion, but that's, again, it's equilibriawoman.com and code BOP for 15% off. Let's get back to the episode. Yes. So you know what I thought was really fun about this book? Their system of nobility. I thought this was so fun. Like, Teddy was the Duke of Boston. Oh, yeah, I, I love that. California was orange. There was like a, um, somebody, there was like a Duke of Chesapeake. Yes, I love it. I thought it was so fun. It was so creative. It was like, kind of like as if the colonies never went away. Yeah, that's exactly how it would be. And I loved um, there was this detail where the Louisiana Purchase, instead of being the Louisiana Purchase, it was one in a poker game. Yes. I thought I just thought this was like really a fun twist on history. It was super clever. It was. But yeah. I kept so I kept thinking about how this like fake system of politics related mm-hmm. to our current politics. Just because I have I have politics on the brain right now. But I mean, first of all, I was like, it's going it's going to be so interesting to see what's going to happen in the US when it has its first first gentleman. Is that what we're gonna call it? I think so. Because I I've heard people refer to it as the first man, but the first gentleman sounds well, it's like ladies and gentlemen. No, so it's I the know. first ladies to I had me. Ne- I'd never seen first gentleman re- written out. So because I that's, hadn't thought about this. That's what Teddy was going to be. Yeah. Well, in this case, he would be the king consort. Mm-hmm. But like in our lifetime, I believe that we will see the first female president. And if she is heterosexual, then we'll have the first first gentleman. Oh, my God. I just want to know if we're really going to call it the first gentleman. I think that's so I, cute. I think so. It's so cute. I hope we do. Um. 
Like, I think it'll be really, I don't know. I, I'm curious to see, like, for instance, Kamala Harris. So her husband is a big wig entertainment lawyer. So like, is he going to have, would he have to quit his job and just pick out China patterns and like host things and like have luncheons be so and be like a philanthropic man who lunches? I don't, like, I'm just, I'm I don't fascinated. Know. I just want to see what happens. Yeah. I mean, it's like if Hillary had won, would Bill be doing all that stuff? But I feel like Bill would have been more gracious about it because he already got his chance to be president. So totally. he'd be like, I'm here to play along versus, I don't know how old Kamala Harris's husband is, but like, he's like mid-career versus like in his retirement. And he's like, yeah, I'll host some luncheons. Yeah. I mean, look at Michelle Obama. She had a dynamite career exactly and i mean she was barack's boss when they started out i know and then she gave up her career Mm -hmm. and i mean she had causes of her own it's not to say that it's like a totally fluff position like you i think michelle obama is a great example of how you can make an impact but yeah i'm like is there gonna be a double standard what's gonna happen because if the only reason i keep (laughs) saying kamala harris is because she's the only one whose husband i know what he does yeah what does elizabeth warren's husband do I don't know. Yeah, I don't either. Um, I, Like, I couldn't tell you. So, <laughs> like, is he going to keep his job and just be, like, flying back and forth to L.A. and, like, having meetings? Like, no, you got China patterns to pick, Yeah, buddy. he's going to have to give up his job. Uh, or, you know, I think that would also be interesting if he didn't give up his job and what that would mean for the future of first ladies. Mm-hmm. That's a, another really interesting angle. I don't know. I just thought that was so it's interesting. going to set a precedent. About. Wait, though, you've brought this up several oh times. You brought this up this when she brings this up like at least once a week to me. Like this is like I don't think that he's even your favorite candidate, but I think you want him to win so badly so that this happens. So Becca keeps being like, Grace, if Cory Booker gets elected president, we'll get to have our own first our own royal wedding with Rosario Dawson. We will. <laughs> I think that's what America... She talks about this every, like, literally, like, maybe multiple times a week. I probably do. I heard, so I think I heard this on Who Weekly. Is he even your favorite candidate so far? I don't, I don't, I decline to talk. I don't want to, <laughs> yeah. this isn't about this, but, like, I think I heard this on Who Weekly, and it just, like, really struck a chord where I was like, oh, yeah, that's what America needs right now, a royal wedding. Oh, my God. Would it be called a royal wedding no no it's um no it would, would be it, the first wedding the first wedding um what is that movie where uh, the president is dating that like policy advisor she has red hair and uh, he's like a widow oh this is gonna kill me i don't know um but this sounds like it could be a great lifetime wait, just, or hallmark movie give me a second i'm gonna figure out oh the american president haven't you ever seen that movie i think so I don't remember. Who plays the president? It's with... um. It's not with Liev Schreiber, is it? No, it's with Michael Douglas and Annette Benning. No, I haven't seen that. You haven't seen The American President? No. And they're like, oh, Grace, you need to watch this movie. It's a really great movie. But okay. he's the president and they're like in a relationship. Ooh. They're dating. And then I don't think it goes all the way to a wedding. But like okay. having a first... Having... An unmarried president would be very interesting. Oh, yeah. I would love that. I, I Or like on um, Scandal. Mm-hmm. We're yes. like him and where Fitz and Melly get divorced and then they're like... Both dating. Yes. No. I, I want to see this. I would love it. You know what is a really terrible, terrible book series that we will not read for the podcast because it's like way too steamy? 
is it's a recommendation from Hitha from years ago is Commander in Chief. Have you read it? Yes, it's like erotic fiction where the um the girl is dating this the president. <laughs> the president is like younger than me, maybe younger than you. The president you is like 34. Be, no, you like have I think you have to be 40 to be the president. I think you can be 35. I don't know. I don't know. But he's a very young sexy president and yeah. Wow. It's so guys, it's called Commander in Chief. It's terrible, but there's a whole series. Hitha got me and I like lost a whole weekend to it. It's you read great. all of them, not just the first one. To oh be yeah, clear. I read them all. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, we need a we need a bachelor president. Oh, I would love it. Like, I want I want a royal wedding. I want a, a royal first wedding. wedding. I want the equivalent of royal tabloid gossip yeah. for for us. Yeah. That would be fun. Yeah. I guess the other thing that it made me think of was like Molly and Sasha Obama. Mm-hmm. Like growing up in the White House, whether you're a princess or whether you're just like your dad's the president. I, yeah, it's got to be weird actually growing up in the White House. Because like, and Chelsea Clinton was like that too. Whereas like but the I think Bush Chelsea sisters Clinton were older. was a little older than the Obama girls. Yeah. Like Barbara and Jenna never lived in the White House. Hmm. Yeah. It's like that must be a fun thing where you like get access to like, at night, you're just like, I don't know, I'm picturing like you're like racing down the hallway. You're like, I picture you're like sneaking going into the kitchen, eating like fresh chocolate chip cookies. Yeah. And like milk. it would have its pros, but it definitely has its cons. Like, I think they were really protected from scrutiny, but like, I wonder if they felt a similar pressure to the way Beatrice did. I'm sure they probably had to be perfect all the time. Yeah. And it's just got to feel like a cage. Like you're just, it, it's a beautiful, beautiful house, but like you're, you don't really leave. I mean, yes, you're right. But I think like depending on what age you come into it, you might not really know the difference. Yeah. I think the best situation would be to like, be like Barbara and Jenna who were in college when it happened. And so they could like go home and visit their parents at the White House. Or to be a little kid. So you're like one year old when your parent takes office and then you're nine when they leave like I bet that would be baller to just like yeah be a little kid yes absolutely and then it's like you're not a teenager till like eight years later and that's when you start being bad so no one's really paying attention to you right oh I'm sure they are but like you're out of the White House yeah you're like not in this gilded cage Mm mm-hmm I'm glad we've decided a lot of things, like whether it's good to be royalty, what's the best age to be a royal or presidential child. And then Corey and Rosario will get married. Ugh. Then they'll have cute babies and the babies will be the right age. It's the kind of positivity we need in this political cycle. Mm-hmm. This is maybe swaying my, my picks. I don't See? know. See? <laughs> what a shallow reason to vote for. I know. you. Like We started a politics series this week and we're like, let's talk about a royal wedding. I know. Vote based on that. Um, I felt like (laughs) I kind of threw this point in here because I felt like we needed to talk about it. But Daphne was a real low point for me in this book. I know that she's the villain and we're not supposed to like her, but I did not like her chapters at all. Daphne's Jeff's ex-girlfriend. She's like really conniving. And she slept with his best friend, which we Uh didn't mention. Like She was a bad. She was very bad. And I hated that her name was Daphne because my friend's daughter, my favorite child, is named Daphne. But the thing that I feel like I felt cheated a little bit because her big plot point is that at the beginning of the book, she's going to visit this girl in the hospital in a coma who's her best friend. And like the girl's name is Hamari. And I like I thought that plot line was a real letdown. Like I thought it was really going somewhere. And so what I thought was that Daphne pushed her down the stairs. And so she like caused her coma and she like indirectly caused it. 
I think they like got her drunk and then she fell down the stairs. But it was a letdown. I wanted her to do something worse. Yeah, like if you're gonna be a villain, I want you to be the best villain you can be. Yeah, like awful. Yes, I agree. And usually, I mean, I like a villain. Like I'm Team Blair Waldorf. Blair wasn't a villain. She wasn't great at a lot of points. Yeah, but she wasn't a villain. Mm. I love Blair. I I mean, I'm just saying we're all kind of bad in that. All I'm saying is I can get on board with a villain, but I wanted her to be more evil yes if you're gonna be a villain you have to be like a really bad cunning like really bad villain yeah like get all in mm-hmm. i completely agree wait we need to talk about the ending oh grace the ending gave me chills same it gave me chills so like the imagery so what happens at the end is that the whole royal family is at the hospital and Beatrice goes in to visit with her dad and he like wakes up for a minute and he's like, you need to do what's right for the for America. Like, you need to be the queen. I love you. But like, do this. And I want this to be a movie so badly. Oh, my God. And then um, the queen comes in to talk to the king and she sends the children out and she's like, why don't you go outside for I think they call it a walkabout where it's like basically it sounds like they just like go to the barriers and like shake hands and like talk to the people and so they're outside and I'm not sure why this happened it doesn't make a ton of sense but I loved it the doctor comes outside and you like know that the king has died and like everyone in the crowd and like everyone's out on the streets and the whole crowd just like bows to Beatrice because she's the new queen oh my god it's so powerful so powerful but like I was like flipping the pages and I was like what that's it yes I felt the same way because like oh my god it like it left off in like such an intense place Mm-hmm. Ugh, okay, so where did we leave off? So Beatrice and Teddy are still technically together because she tried to break off her engagement and didn't. Beatrice is now the queen because the king died. Nina and Jeff are broken up and maybe Jeff is back with Daphne. And then Hamari at the end is like definitely going to wake up. But like, where? what do you think happens in the next book? I would really like to see Beatrice just give it all up to be with Connor. Okay. And... Samantha becomes queen. Now, does she get to be with Teddy? Because that would be very salacious to be like the new queen is dating the old queen's ex. Yeah, I just don't know how they make that right. You Mm -hmm. know, I don't know how they you can't really recover from that. Maybe they like manipulate the media somehow because, yeah, I'm not willing to choose between Sam being the queen and Sam being with Teddy. I want her to get both. Same. Because he's from the right family. Like the whole thing is that. Beatrice can't be with Connor because he's a commoner. He's not from the right family. So it's like, I don't feel like Samantha should have to choose. No, she shouldn't have to choose. I don't know how they're going to get around that. Like, I'll be really curious. I think that's that's going to be what happens. And Katie's a genius. She's so creative. Yeah. I'm very curious. So in the Thousandth Floor series, in the second book, there's like all these new characters. There's like, it kind of took a pivot where it kept going with the original people. Mm-hmm. But then... There was like a whole new storyline. So I was kind of trying to predict who's going to get a storyline. And I feel like Hamari, the girl in the coma, is definitely going to get a storyline. Like she's going to wake up. She's going to have some like revenge to be had. I can also see Ethan, who's Jeff's best friend, getting more of a Mm storyline. I see that happening. I, I really hope Nina and Jeff just like fade into the background where it's like, oh, they got back together. They're happy. They're boring. Yeah, but I really, really hope that Daphne like meets 
a like tragic demise. Well, the, Catherine kills a lot of characters. She does. She has no problem. I feel like in the Thousand Floor series, like so many people died. So I would not be sad to see Daphne get trampled in an equestrian accident or I, I don't know. Maybe in run a, over by a car. Yeah, I was. Well, I was trying to think of what would be very game. like aristocratic deaths. Could be like how Princess Diana died. Sure, sure. And then she becomes like memorialized. Yeah, oh. I want to see her gone. I want her gone. Nina and Jeff together, but I don't really want to read more about them. As we said, I wouldn't mind if Beatrice went off the rails and like was like making up for lost time. I'm going to be reckless now that I'm. I think she'll marry Connor, though. I I don't think that they're going to get reckless. I don't know. It seemed like he had a he had some wild oats to sow too. Maybe. Maybe they're going to join a biker gang. Maybe. I don't think that that's going to no, happen. That's but like, not gonna happen. I want I want her to like really rebel against her perfectionist tendencies and yeah, she like, kind of needs to find herself and figure out who she is outside of this whole royal. Yeah, life. like maybe they go on a tour of the world and like. Yeah, where was Beatrice's tour? Yeah, and have like a very hot, tawdry tour of the world. I like that. Me too. I really ha- wonder how she's going to solve for like Samantha marrying or dating her sister's ex. I wonder if maybe the queen will come into it because the or current queen, the queen mother, I guess now? No, the queen mother. So Beatrice's mom didn't really play a huge role, but I wonder if she'll come out and be like, look... We pressured Beatrice to marry Teddy. It was wrong. This w- this wasn't real. Yes. And like clear the way. That's what's going to have to happen. I don't know. It's I'm here tricky. for it. I, I I want I want to know. I am here to read as much of this book. I can't wait for Hermari to wake up. Yeah, she's going to screw some shit up. Yeah, I think she's going to be like maybe like just as evil but like in a different way. Yeah. Evil meets evil. Where does this sit for you in, like, the pantheon of royal books? So... Because I feel like... It's up there with the royal we. Yeah. Like, the royal we is one of my favorite books. And I can't, like, knock the royal we down because of this book. But I love this book. They're on par for me. Yes. I did not read Red, White, and Royal Blue. I really want to. Oh, my God, Grace. You have to. I have not read the royal runaway, which I see on your list. Mm Mm-hmm. Royals by Rachel Hawkins I thought was like medium. It wasn't bad. It wasn't great. Oh, I liked the first one, but not the second one. I never read Clearly, the second one. Royal, it, it, it's really weird because I do not feel like I have an obsession with the royal family in real life. Yeah, I don't care. I care the right amount, you know? Like, I'm like, oh, yeah. There's so much obsession. They had a baby. Like, I like Gary Gennetti. I don't know. Like, I don't feel overly obsessed. I love Gary Gennetti. But for some reason, when I was making this list, I was like, wow, royal fiction is, like, a key interest of mine. Interesting. I feel like any time there's that plot line, I will read it. But, um, Grace, you need to read Red, White, and Royal Blue. Okay. So that's new this year, and um, it's by Casey McQuiston, and... The plot line is that the first son of the United States falls in love with the Prince of England, and it's a gay royal romance. Ooh. So it's two boys, and they're like in their late teens, early 20s. It is really good. Okay. It's very woke. There's like, there's a female president. Um, oh, it's so good. I love all this. I need to read it. Yeah. The Royal Runaway is also really good by Lindsay Emery. It's... um. The princess, like, escapes. She, like, goes out the side door of a palace. She's in one of those countries that doesn't exist in real life. And she, like, goes out the side door 
um, and like goes undercover to become not the princess. I think okay. she's solving a mystery. Ooh. But yeah, I, if anyone has royal book recommendations, clearly I will read anything in that genre. Yeah. I'll also watch anything in that genre. I mean, I love a, well, I mean, not a documentary, but I love um, what is all those terrible Christmas movies that have to do with royals, like the Christmas Prince. Yeah. What was the one with the baker? Um, oh, my God. The the um, Vanessa Hudgens. The Vanessa Hudgens one. She plays two so characters. It's so bad. bad. It's so bad. Watch that. I loved it. Yeah, like I or the um, what are the ones with the blonde girl who's the princess and the she's she's a journalist and she the goes, Christmas Prince. That's what it's called. And there was a second one. Yeah, a royal. Yeah. I think it was called a royal. They're engagement. both so bad. Loved both of them. Loved them both. There's gonna be another one this year, I think. Oh, I can't wait. Oh, that has me excited for winter because like all the bad holiday movies that come out on Netflix. I love it. I've said this. I said this last year, but it's been a while. My dream is to write bad Christmas movies for like a Hallmark or a Netflix. Like yeah. not trying to be good. Like I want to write the Vanessa Hudgens one that's so bad, but is like still really scratches an itch for you. You know what we need to get you in in the interim is that there's this podcast. What is it called? That podcast I sent you a link to. There's a podcast oh, yeah. that reviews all royal um all the bad Netflix movies. It's the Christmas movie. It, like it's specifically Most, holiday movies, right? Yeah. Yeah, I feel like also, like, every network is, like, tripling down on them because they always are such a hit. So, like, I feel like um, Candace Cameron Bure is in, like, nine zillion Christmas movies this year. Oh, I can't wait for that. They're all going to be so bad. That's not a royal. That just is a Christmas movie, I guess. We've gotten off the topic. We have. Well, <sighs> I think that's what we have to say about this book for now. For now. Because tomorrow we have an interview with Catherine McGee the author of this book, mm -hmm. to talk about the making of this book. And also, she is the first time that we've had an author on who's legitimately a friend. So I also had a lot of questions about the behind the scenes of just getting a book deal and how book promotion works. And like, she yeah. gave a lot of great information. I'm excited. Yeah, you guys are going to love this episode. So tune in tomorrow. And even if you're just, if you're not interested in this book, even if you're just interested in reading, she has some good tidbits on how the, the behind the scenes of the publishing industry yes so that's out tomorrow back to us grace back to us what are you obsessed with so my obsession is called glow bar i went this week i loved it but it's something that like you know i get to go to like lots of fun things for my blog but like a lot of times they're really expensive and not something I would keep doing with my own money. This is something I would absolutely keep doing. So it's a $65 30-minute facial, but they only, okay. only do like the really serious stuff. So you wash your own face and then they like get into it. So I had – in my 30 minutes, I had dermaplaning. I had a lactic acid peel. And then I had um, my favorite, which is microcurrent. Have you ever had a microcurrent facial? No. It like is that the one with the like the shield mask thing? No, this one is like these little ball things and they like massage your jawline and your forehead and like any area that's like experiencing any sort of sagginess or like fine lines and it just tightens everything up. Hmm. But I just feel like how I, long does it last for? Like a week. Okay. So it's but, short term. But it also like trains your facial muscles so it, the idea is that if you keep doing it it will have longer term effects. Mm, I see. 
But I've gone to like Tracy Martin for a microcurrent facial and mind you, they invited me in, but it was, their regular price is $500. Too much. Like, And even just to leave a tip on that is $100 for me as a... So I want somebody to change my mind, but I... Well, I always prefer a massage to a facial, but sometimes I just feel like getting a facial is like somebody doing your skincare routine for you. Like I just, I, I want you to go. Not, I want you to try Glow Bar. It's not like Heyday where it's like a product demonstration. Like yeah, a lot of people were then DMing me, being like, "Oh, that sounds like Heyday," and I was like, "No, Heyday is basically someone's doing your skincare routine for you." Yeah, like it's like a product demonstration. And when I went to Heyday, I got like a lot of great product recommendations from it glow bar i feel like is 30 minutes of like high-tech skincare yeah like i noticed a huge difference in how my skin looked when i walked out interesting yeah so i totally get that but i think that it's doing the more high-tech stuff that and like i will i will never go back to heyday not because it wasn't a wonderful experience but i can do that myself at home yeah um I'm, well all this was to say that i just could never justify spending $500. I mean, like, maybe if I got the best facial of my life. Yeah. But every facial I've had is not $500 worth. Yeah. You should try this. It's $65. That's a good price. That feels... Mm-hmm. And it was started by um, my friend Rachel, who is a former Birchbox employee. Oh. I feel like so many of those early stage Bar- Birchbox people have gone on to start such cool things, like Deepika and Molly Chen. Mm-hmm. I just feel like it's fun watching them all like start their own businesses. Yeah. Yeah. What about you? What's your obsession? Um, so I showed you this the other night. I, I've been on kind of an Etsy kick lately. You, you did show me this. And I got this rainbow initial necklace that was advertised so to me on Instagram. That was going to be my question is, I know you're into all these Etsy finds. How do you find them? I was like, did she just go on Etsy and search for a rainbow? No, that one was advertised to me. And I was like, sure, do you want this? It, it's like $30. Okay. I'll, I'll post it in the show notes, but then I'll also post it on Instagram. It was, it's so cute. Like, it's just like a kind of delicate necklace. But then it's, I think it's fun because it's rainbow and the stones are different sizes and shapes. It's very cute. So that one was advertised to me. My Etsy keychain that I mentioned a while back, that one I was just Google searching for keychains. Yeah. Because I find Etsy overwhelming unless you know very specifically what you want. Yes. Um, But if you are looking for something specific, you know what they have on Etsy that I never realized was like a lot of great vintage jewelry. You were, well, weren't, was it you who was telling me that Etsy is great for rugs? Or maybe that was Jackie. Yes. I got my rug on Etsy. There's a great shop full of Turkish Turkish Osaka rugs. That's yeah. where I got my kitchen runner. Yeah. That's like kind of a, I think kind of like a little known secret. Yeah. Etsy's got some cool stuff. Yeah. What about on, on Instagram? So mine is something that Alex, our friend, had told me about. It's called Airmail Weekly. And it's Graydon Carter's new um email newsletter it comes to you every saturday at 6 a.m but the instagram for it is really clever there's a lot of fun stuff on there it always makes me laugh or like i learn something it's great it's just done very well what about you um well so i was gonna say an account where i saw a meme that i like remember liking but now i can't find it so i don't know that i have one so i'm going to use mine to tell you that I got the Instagram handle for Bad on Politics. I saw that. I don't know if we're going to do anything with that, but I'm I glad thought you it would be good it. to have. And I have it. It doesn't have <laughs> I think that an I, icon. We're yeah. the only followers. But I'm just telling you that it exists. 
And depending on where this series goes, there may be content there. Cool. But, um, yeah, I can't find the thing that I wanted to share. Okay. Whoops. What about on reading? And reading, I am still reading, well, I just started it, Fleischman is in trouble. And you don't like it so far. No, I'm not really into it. I feel like that's like a sacrilege and everyone's telling me I should love it, but I'm just, I, I have to, I'm going to read some more of it tonight. I mean, listen, I didn't like where the crawdad sang and everyone is like so hopped up on that. Yeah, I, I feel just bored by this so far. Yeah. I, I liked Fleischman is in trouble. Okay. But I can see where one might not. Yeah, I just don't like it. And I'm going to keep reading. Probably I'll give it another 50 pages and otherwise it's getting put down. Okay. I'm giving it back to you. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'm also having kind of a bad reading week because I had to reread this book to be ready for the episode. Yeah. So um, I put down my reading to do that. I'm still reading The Girl Who Never Read Noam Chomsky by Jenna Casal. I'm just going to pretend that's how we say her name. I don't yeah. know how you pronounce it. I, Grace, love this book. It feels, I'm going to say a bunch of maybe weird sounding things. One, it feels like the kind of book that makes me feel smart because it's like, it's very literary, like MFAE fiction. Okay. So it feels like something that I would like, like to read in a coffee shop in a foreign country and be like, look how smart I am. Okay. But it's still enjoyable. That sounds like a book I would hate, for the record. (laughs) Another book that I feel that way about is like, Sally Rooney's books. I love Sally Rooney's Me books. Me too. But it's like it's like fiction. Okay. It's like literary fiction. Okay. So it makes me feel smart. It is about not a whole lot. So as I said last week, this was a book that was recommended by Mary Laura Philpot. She, the way that she explained it is that somebody sent it to her and was like, not a whole lot happens in this book, but I think you'll really like it. Yes. And so it follows this girl all through her life from college until she's an old lady and normal things happen to her like she has a life however there's not really a plot like there's not really a lot of like tension or like there's not the same buildup that you would get in a normal story-driven book but it is so well written grace it I, I feel like this woman went inside my head and picked out every single one of my neuroses and like perfectly wrote them Oh, wow. It is, I can see how some people might not like it because it is definitely from like a privileged point of view where it's like you don't have anything else to worry about. So you like make things up. But I was like, every chapter, I'm just like, yep, uh huh, have yeah. thought that. Yep, mm hmm. It is, I am just getting joy and also smugness from this book. Oh, I'm really enjoying it. I'm so glad. You have it. You, you should read it too. Yeah. Although now I don't know that you'll like it. Because it did remind me a lot of a female version of Fleischman is in trouble. Okay. But I'm loving it. Well, I'm just, I'm happy for you. I don't know that this sounds like something I like. I will read it at some point because I have it. We'll do that. And in the meantime, if that doesn't sound good to you, we announced all of our fall book club picks for October, November, and December. They are on Instagram and in the Facebook group. It's a great lineup. For October, we are going to be reading How Could She by Lauren Beckling with Carly Hellinger from Carly the Prepster. I I still want to say Carly College Prepster. I was going to say from at Carly, and I was like, that's not very descriptive. Yeah. Anyway, we're so excited. 
I loved this book and there's so much to talk about. And it's very different than this month's book. I feel like we have a good variety going. I loved this book. But in the meantime, if you would like more of us, you can follow us on Instagram at Bad on Paper Podcast. We now have swipe up links. Yes, we do. Thanks to all who followed. Uh, join our Facebook group where there are books and more. I'm on Instagram at Becca M. Freeman. I'm on Instagram at Grace Atwood. And you can buy tickets to our live shows in San Francisco, D.C., Philly, Atlanta, New York, or Dallas, or mm-hmm. all of them yeah. at our website. Bat Come on, on tour with us. Yeah. Badonpaperpodcast.com backslash live. Okay. Yeah. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.